0: is pop health week on the blog talk radio and affiliate networks this episode is brought to you by the florida association of accountable care organizations also known as Flacco. welcome everyone i'm greg masters the producer and co-host of the show and in the virtual studio today is my colleague fred goldstein principal co-host and co-founder here at pop health week hello fred hello greg it's great to be back today How you doing down there in Jacksonville, all good? Been doing very well. I assume the same for you on the West Coast? Oh yeah, mum's the word here, no complaints. So for those of you not familiar with Fred, he is a veteran healthcare executive and the president of Accountable Health LLC, a Jacksonville, Florida-based consulting firm. Fred serves on the editorial board of the Journal of Population Health Management and the advisory board, of the Care Innovations Validation Institute. He is also past chair and former board member of the Population Health Alliance, also known as PHA. Fred is known on Twitter as at FSGoldstein. My background includes thought leadership and strategy consulting for hospitals, health systems, and physician-led ventures. I publish and principally author, acowatch.com, healthinnovationmedia.com, and precisionmedicine.center. Please follow me on Twitter, by at 2 Health Guru. So today we're going to be treated to Nicole's take on the results recently reported by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services and then the program with a preview of the agenda and lineup for the third annual gathering of the Florida Association of Florida on October 13th and 14th. And now for our special guest, Nicole Bradbury, who is making her third appearance on this broadcast, the last two of which are included in the Pop Health Week program description at our Blog Talk radio page. Nicole is the CEO of Flacco, the Florida Association of ACOs, and has recently been tagged as chief executive of a company called Captify Health. Her bio notes, she's a visionary, healthcare leader who drives growth, revenue, and speed to market by developing strategic relationships and leveraging her strong operations and technology background. Nicole has extensive experience setting strategic direction and communicating vision to drive innovative business models, as well as deliver technology and business solutions that increase revenue, decrease costs, elevate client and business productivity, Improve patient access, clinical quality, and the overall patient experience for startup early stage to Fortune 50 organizations. So with no further ado, Fred, over to you. Tell us what's on, help us get to know what's on Nicole's plate at the moment. Thanks so much, Greg and Nicole. It's a pleasure to
1: have you back again for the third time.
2: Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be back.
1: Yeah, it's really uh, it's fantastic. We run across each other every couple of months, it seems, at different conferences or, or places throughout the state or country. And again, it's great to talk to you. Let's start a little bit, Nicole, with um, the uh, results that CMS put out and sort of your take on where ACOs are and um, where they're going. So um, perhaps, you know, as I look at the results, they seem to be a bit mixed, but what's your thinking on that?
2: So I, I think the results are great. You know, I, I guess I... I see this as a journey. I see, you know, ACOs as kind of a catalyst to, you know, value-based care, which includes all kinds of different payment models. It, it, at the end of it, the journey is around better, better patient care, lower cost, you know, good access, all of the things that we want in our healthcare system. And ACOs are just one of those vehicles that's pushing us there. You know, it's changing the way doctors are paid, and therefore the way they interact with their patients, as well as you know, work with the rest of the care system to make sure that people are talking to each other and putting the patient kind of at the center. And so, you know, back for the results, you know, I think, you know, we, they saved more than they lost. It wasn't a home um, run as far as, um, you know, a great, you know, win as far as more savings and losses. But I think, you know, it's it's moving that needle and for florida i actually think it's a really good story you know i think you know florida is a unique market is one of was one of the, it was one of the um, bigger markets that really embraced acos lots of spend high benchmarks in florida but you know 78 percent of the acos in florida saved money and so that number i think is very significant and and people maybe want to look at florida and, and figure out why they're doing so well and so um you know 64 percent Actually got a check, but seventy-eight percent made money. So that's that's I think it's is a great win, and we'll that be talking really, about it at the uh, association meeting coming up.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's interesting. As you pointed out because when you look at it in the aggregate, obviously there's some results. That you, as you said, it looks like quality is beginning to really get moved quite a bit. A little okay. less success maybe on the on the saving side, but there are clearly areas or organizational types or organizations that are successful at this and Florida as you point out is one that really has done it looks like a better job overall in terms of it and from your perspective because you also do see things around the country and in other places what are some of the things you think that lead to that here in our state
2: well i think you know you've got a, a lot you've got higher spend here so you've got more opportunity to to do creative things. I think that that helps some of the ACOs here. I think you also have uh, a large Medicare advantage. So, you know, uh, doctors and and MSOs and groups that naturally went into the ACO space were used to risk coding. They were used to looking at health status of patients. They were used to doing some unique strategies. So I I think that gave them a, a bit of a leg up. You know, the fact that they've done managed care here where it sort of fizzled and died in other parts of the country, I think gave Florida an advantage. But, you know, I work with these folks you know, many of the folks that made got big checks are on my board of Flackos, and they're doing some really neat stuff. You know, they're they're you know bringing data together. They're they're looking at you know how do we touch every single patient from the from the get go. And you know, when I go around the the rest of the country, and I've been doing that in various different roles, there it seems. Um, uh, they might be a little behind on some of these strategies, and so I think looking to Florida and looking to some of the things that are being done hit, done here might be a good idea.
1: Oh no, I, I agree with that completely, and, and obviously, uh, and we'll get to the conference. There are people coming who have you know demonstrated success, which is what you really want to be coming to a conference for to hear from, particularly um, from from other ACOs that maybe are just either stepping in the space or haven't seen that kind of success yet. And as you as you think about Florida, it is interesting that in many ways, from an ACO perspective, we're sort of leading uh, because we are getting some very good results. Even given the fact that maybe we have a higher a baseline spend, at the end of the day, you still got to do something. You know, you've got to implement those programs that actually move that spend, that take, improve the quality, that take the, some of those costs out. Um, and as, you, as you're board looks at that. Are there, are there certain things you talked about engaging people early? Um, what are some of the other strategies and techniques you're seeing these organizations do?
2: Well, I think, you know, really understanding who these patients are from the get-go, really focusing on, I, oh, another, uh, you know, I think variable that if you look at Florida is a, a lot of independent um, ACOs here that that aren't tied to hospitals. And I think, and in, in a lot of ways, they have a leg up. I mean, ultimately, you got to partner well with the hospital. But a lot of the spend that we're looking at removing, and where these ACOs have found savings, are coming out of the hospital. So aggressively, you know, putting strategies in place that keep patients healthy and with their doctor um, are are uh, some of the some of the um, uh, leading strategies that that I'm seeing. You know, you know, really aggressive transition of care. Um, you know uh, post-acute, you know, really looking at that um, with a, you know, magnifying glass, say where are the opportunities, Um, you know, getting people to go to urgent care or go to their primary instead of the ER is a huge one. Forty percent of people that go to an ER end up in the hospital. And so if you can stop that, you've, you've made significant you know um, changes in the number of people that go inpatient you know just you know really just looking at all of those ways to keep people out of the hospital and keep them healthy i mean i'll tell you one thing that i know that a lot of them put in place was cardiac Um, cardiac is probably one of the number one issues for every aco as far as spend everywhere in the country and if you look at it you'll see that you know a huge portion of that spend is people going into the hospital every three or four months for room and board and eval. There's no procedures being done. So that just tells you they're an unmanaged cardiac patient, getting those patients manage, putting some you know, care wrappers, care coordination around them. We'll get them in their office. The doctors do the right thing when they're there. It's just getting them there. And so things like that are being deployed. And that takes patient engagement and really you know, in, in engaging these patients from the moment that you find, find out they're in your ACO. So that's just a few lists. There's a ton of different strategies. And you know, one of the reasons you wanna to come to Flaco's is that that's what these guys that are doing this stuff every day are gonna be talking about on these panels.
1: Absolutely, and the point you raised earlier, which is something that sort of raised its head at the beginning, first year results of ACOs, was this um, physician and provider-led um, potentially versus hospital-led. And I still see this out in the community when I'm going around and talking to ACOs or talking to hospitals. The the senior executives of many, not all hospitals, but of many of them, are still saying. I live in a fee-for-service world, I live on filling my beds, I'm going to keep filling my beds, and and so they probably struggle a bit as an ACO, and I've even heard from some of the folks in other states who are running ACOs that are hospital-led, that one example was something the effect that I had a great first year, my ACO saved money, I got called into the CEO's office and got chewed out and told not to do that again by the hospital executive. Um, exactly, so exactly. <laughs> I think that's a great point you raised and all these other ideas so let's 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 turn a little bit to the uh the annual conference and this one's going to be at the omni orlando resort a great hotel uh, october 13th and 14th so um give us a little feel for the the conference and then we'll get into some of the specifics maybe about some of the speakers and programs as well
2: okay well you know the, the conference really does bring um aCO leaders from around the state of Florida and I actually get them from other places not just in Florida but mostly the folks that are running these ACOs that we just spoke about fill the panels. Um, I want people that are doing this every day that really know what works, what doesn't work um, talking to you know the, the folks that are coming there to learn something. you know we do um, have business partners that help fund all of this and we, we, we're pretty selective. We only you know allow those that really bring value to the ACO space and so you'll get you know one, um, vendor typically on a panel but the rest are, are filled with with actual aco um, directors leaders et cetera. Uh, we broke the conference this year into two tracks we have one track which is aco fundamentals mssp and beyond and that's really for those acos that are either new or are struggling with certain areas you know analytics or looking at post-acute or you know any of the fundamental areas that they need to you know how to get your data in, you know things like that how to manage against your benchmark how to even look at that stuff and so that's one track the second track um, which i really am excited about is around value based care transition you know these acos like i said earlier are the beginning you know of a journey to value-based care where that journey ends i don't think anybody knows you know it could be um taking partial risk, it could be more full risk, it could be some of these entities become the future provider sponsored health plans. But whatever that is, there's steps to get there. And all of these ACOs are looking for help on how do I do it? How do I become a SIN, clinically integrated network? You know, what do I need to do contractually to do that? Do I need to bring in somebody from a reinsurer to help me offset some of the risk? You know, things like that. These these folks, you know, typically are independent physician groups and this this is new stuff trying to you know, tackle this journey to risk. And so the second track is really focused on helping those that are ready to move um, on to what's next, um, get there.
1: Yeah, this is the third year, actually, I'll be attending this conference, and I've enjoyed it every year, and I've also seen it get better and better every year, both, you know, from an operational perspective, from a content perspective, from a networking perspective, and now splitting into these two tracks, I think, is really a, a great one. You know, for those ACOs or those people who maybe are are a little earlier in the game or haven't implemented a lot of stuff or those ACOs that are really looking at, OK, what is happening? How do I actually do this more advanced value-based care uh, system? And so um, as you as you think about these, these two groups and have brought these two together, um, it really does cover both providers and hospitals. And they're getting input from people, as you said, who are actually doing it. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the individuals who will be attending?
2: So I have, you know, one of the big winners in Florida, you know, from a shared savings perspective is Palm Beach ACO, David Kobonis that that runs that one is coming, Millennium and over on the um, southwest side of of Florida is um, coming and Balfour Francis who runs that ACO and I, I think this year saved $37 million, he's on these panels um you know i can go on and on there's sheila if you say who runs primary care partners there's larry jones who runs the big one there in orlando there's um you know i mean it's just filled with these people that are r- truly running these acos i also have um, mike barrett who um, lives in florida but he's also the chairman of the national association of acos uh, he is coming and will be facilitating as well as appearing on a panel i have um Oh, I'm trying to think. I've got you, you know, you're always so gracious <laughs> to come back and, and host and facilitate a panel for me. And you you obviously have, um, to Greg's earlier bio, uh, you know, great strength and expertise in this area. And so, you know, I've got the people that are really doing this on these panels. I've also got a few payers. So every year I do one panel where I bring all the payers together to talk about you know wh- where are they thinking where, what is their next steps in value-based care and how can providers providers partner with them um, you know so so often these providers want to do some unique and creative things but can't get past their network manager that, that works their local market and so I'm bringing you know senior people from United senior people from Aetna senior people from Cigna to this conference, not only to, you know, present on kind of where they're going strategically, but also they're at the conference. You can go up and shake their hand and meet them and hopefully build a relationship that's gonna help these ACOs. And so I think that's very, very unique. And of course I have all my business partners and vendors that, you know, bring some unique stuff. Um, one individual that I, I think is doing some cool stuff is Steve Seidel from Mindula House. He is creating a kind of a virtual uh, Behavior health model and you know you could just plug that in we all know that's such a big area spend um, the impact of behavioral health um, you know with with high cost care and so you know I've got folks like that that I personally know and think are doing some creative stuff in this market so yeah and then my key oh well, go ahead no go ahead I'll say key my notes. keynotes I, <laughs> yeah. are on day one I've got um, Dr. Robert Fields he is the chief medical director of Mission Health Partners. He's also a board member of NACOS. And I think he brings a really good perspective to what's going on in the provider landscape. He comes from a big system, um, which I wanted to, even though most of the ACOs I think in Florida are independent, you know, he, he gets to, he brings that health system perspective. And so I thought he'd be a really good one to talk on day one. And then day two, I've got Renee Lear who leads GuideWell, um, which is the service entity of um, Florida Blue, and um, he's coming to really talk about what they're doing. You know, Florida Blue is the big payer in Florida, and I think really resonates with um, a Florida association of ACOs, so he's day two. We had him last year, and everybody really liked him, so we asked him to yeah, come back.
1: I, I would just say that when Renee spoke last year, I remember Greg and I stepped out of the room and just looked at each other and said, oh my gosh, that was unbelievable what they were Doing and what we learned from that presentation—it really. And then I I remember immediately, Craig said, "We got to get this guy in an interview," which we did. And I think some of you can probably find that um, from last year. But it really was uh, an amazing presentation. And as you said, these health plans—they're sort of finding their way in this new world too, and trying to figure out how they bring their expertise in uh, in engagement or medical management or analytics um, to. Providers in many cases of the Aetna's and the nys the others who are now partnering with uh, providers on acos or other innovative value based care models. So it's a good opportunity to get together with them as well.
2: Yeah, I think they're doing. You know, when I see the transition, because I came from the payer world, I was with the payer side for sixteen years. You know, what I see what they're doing differently is. Um, you know, first they're creating these service entities like Optum and HealthAgen and um, GuideWell, and they're and they're saying how can we support all of this new stuff um, that providers need in the same way we supported our own health plans for years and years. So I think that's an interesting market shift. And then the other thing is they're actually becoming providers. They're saying, okay, we see what's happening here. Care is moving more on the front end. And how do we become that and and stay relevant as as healthcare is changing? So I think those two dynamics are pretty interesting to watch as well as, you know, traditionally how they need to partner um, with, uh, you know, providers today, so.
1: Yeah. So as as you think about this conference, um, obviously people are going to come and they're going to get they're going to hear from people who are actually doing it. Many of these are very successful ACOs. Um, and and in Florida, I think sometimes as you talked about, because of Medicare Advantage, and there are providers we have, may, you know, many providers in this who have moved to other kinds of risk models with Medicare Advantage plans. So there's some unique approaches that individuals will will hear from some some of these groups. Um, talk a little bit about the the hotel, obviously. I mean, this is a beautiful place too. I think you actually have some extra days. People can stay at the at the discounted rate if they want to come down and uh, and stay either before or potentially later.
2: Yeah, it's a beautiful hotel. You know, we've tried every year because we are a Florida association to really you know play off of that. You know, we we we. We try to find a hotel that's very resorty feely and definitely is that hotel that you can bring your family and stay and vacation and the omni is is equal to the other two that we've done in the past and so i think people will really enjoy it and if they want to bring additional family members and enjoy all that orlando has to offer whether they just stay and and get pampered within the hotel or go outside and do all the fun things that orlando has to offer it's a it's a great place to have a conference
1: Right, And you've also got an opportunity, I know, to network uh, set up in these schedules and uh, and there's uh vendors have a place as well, don't they?
2: Yep, we have a separate room just for them. We also have vendors that you know, sponsor uh, the cocktail hour and and I will say that one, and you will have to attest to this and hopefully <laughs> agree with me, but I do think one thing that's unique about this conference is a really fun conference. you know we where everybody kind of. Uh, let's down their hair, and it's it's very networky. It's fun, and I think at the end of it, everybody's had a great time. They've learned a lot, but they've also had a great time. So,
1: yeah, I, w- I would as you as you said, I don't you don't need to prod me to do that. It actually was a was one of the more enjoyable overall conferences, both from a perspective of me learning, uh, but also getting the chance to network and network in a friendly. Um, relaxed atmosphere, which I, I found very, very good for, my, for myself and my business and, and also for just getting a chance to talk to experts after the presentation or during the networking events. Um, it just it was very open. So I, I really applaud you on that. It looks like, you know, again, this year you put together an incredible group of speakers um, from all different areas and, and tracks. Are there other areas you'd like to touch on today that maybe... Um, people could consider getting to come to this, either from out of state or or in state, um, as to why they should be here?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think we've covered most of them already. I mean, it's a great, I think it's a great learning environment. I think we've covered, you know, both sides of, of what ACOs um, need, you know, fundamentals as well as wh- where they're going next. Um, I think it, it it's not only for people that are in acos today but actually people that want to be in acos um you know how do you how do you get started well come to the conference you're going to meet everybody and hear everything you know to to to, to get going i think um i think for out of state folks you know where every year we're getting more and more people from out of state because i think you know that you know like i said earlier or we said earlier florida's doing it right you know we're kind of leading other areas of the country and so if you want to learn from the best and network with the best. Um, I think this is a great conference to do that. And so, you know, I, I, I think it's um, unique. You know, I, I speak at a lot of conferences in the ACO space. And and even though this is my conference and I'm a little biased, I do think it's one of the better ones. And so it's certainly worth, worth the travel.
1: Absolutely, and I'd also I'd also mention this: um, other providers, maybe not actually, maybe they're in an ACO, but maybe they're also doing other things, or providers that aren't in ACOs but want to learn more about value-based contracting. Some of those issues and ideas, how you might do it through your practice, or for your facility, even maybe not, maybe in terms of direct contracting, as we're seeing that big change go on with employer groups looking to direct contracting, you can learn from these ACOs that are doing these value-based care, even if you're not functioning as an ACO. So I think that's another really good reason to come to the conference.
2: Well, and that's true. And that's, that makes a great point. So we, we started and we certainly branded this conference as the Florida Association of ACOs. I, I take, um, ACO in the broader sense of accountable care, which to me equates to value-based care. So you, you don't have to be in an MSSP or even a commercial ACO to get value at this conference. You can just want to build a clinically integrated network. You might wanna build an MSO that, that is able to contract with um, uh, commercial payers for value-based contracts. I mean, it, it's, it's a conference that's growing and evolving as this, as this movement to value-based care is growing and evolving. So that, that's a really great point.
1: Or you may even be a provider group, say you're an orthopedic group that's looking at some value based or bundled payments or other types of models. And you can learn from that, you know, how to prepare for risk, you know, how do you tie reimbursement to value, those kinds of things. So I think it does have a very broad approach. And as you said, it is really at the end of the day about creating an accountable care group that that's essentially working in a value based environment to improve quality and reduce costs so i i do i do agree with you it it should really be considered a much broader than just an ACO type of conference although obviously these ACOs have gone pretty far in implementing many of these processes that can improve any type of clinical practice or hospital operations group as they move away from fee for service
2: well, you know, the, the ortho example, I think gave me a great segue to talk about the company I just joined, Captify health. you know i've I've been in this space, I think early on before even people called it a space, which is value-based healthcare care, um very much folk very much focused on primary care. And I still am very passionately supportive of the power and impact that primary care can have. But what I'm doing now is really a leap into, you know, some of what's next. I, I see the need for specialists to really figure out how they play in this new space. They've been kind of, you know, hanging out there going, how do how do we, you know, become value-based deliverers of care? How do we get rewarded? You know, what payment models are there for us? And so, you know, I, I'm seeing companies and groups and, and, um, you know, specialists come together and organize in order to be able to go to payers, go to CMS and say, you know, we want to participate in bundles, we want to participate in shared savings, we want to do some unique risk contracts, and so I've um, joined a company, Captify Health, who's doing just that in the digestive health space, and so I'm very excited about it. I think it's kind of a, a, a unique challenge for me, but I think you will start to see more and more of that activity Um, as other specialty groups um, start to come together and say, you know, we want, we want to participate too.
1: Absolutely that, you know, and I think that's a great point that here's a, here's a unique specialty group that you're now the CEO of that's good with a program that's going to try and, and uh, move into this value-based care. There's a great opportunity for all providers to consider that. And that sort of leads to the, the, you know, this next sort of thinking. Where where do you see all of this going over the next couple of years, or maybe even perhaps a decade, um, in with the healthcare system as they drive down towards value based care? Is the end game in essence going to a global cap, or are there stop offs along the way, or does it move in an entirely different direction?
2: Well, you know, what's global cap other than providers taking dollar one, right, and figuring out how to distribute it. Smartly, So that all the the right incentives are in place. And so I think it could take lots of different forms. It could be a traditional payer paying global cap and then letting the physician organization figure out how to incent their doctors in the different, you know, constituents within them the right way to keep, you know, them profitable. It could be a provider sponsored health plan where the provider is the health plan. And and does kind of the same thing. How how do we distribute to everybody? So we incent correctly. Um, I think probably what's going to happen from an outcomes perspective is, is, you know, we had HMOs back in the 80s and they were very good at bringing costs, but nobody was very happy with them. And I don't know that we really changed the health status of people. And I think what's unique about what's happening now is we have data that we didn't have before. We can integrate, we can talk to each other. You know, We can still be independent as physicians, but easily communicate with, with all the other people that are caring for our patients. And so I think at the end of this, I believe that the health status of the United States and their patients is gonna improve if this is done well. And I think at the same time, we'll get costs under control and start to see trends that don't outweigh, you know, the the, the, the national um, um, inflation rates. So I think that's the goal. I believe the only chance we have of ever getting there, especially with you know, the aging population, is through value-based health care. I think it's going to take about 10 years to get there or more.
1: <laughs> oh, fantastic. Thanks so much. It looks like we're coming up to the end of the show. So with that, I'll turn it back over to you, Greg.
0: And that'll have to be the last word for today's broadcast. I want to thank Nicole Bradbury for her time and insights today, and my colleague Fred Goldstein for his masterful hosting skills. Do follow the Florida Association of ACOs on Twitter by at Flacos, F-L-A-A-C-O-S, and on the web at www.flacos.com. And while you're there, check out the details and the agenda for the annual meeting in Orlando, October 13th and 14th. Until we meet again on Pop Health Week for Fred Goldstein. This is Greg Masters saying bye now.
2: Bye, guys. Thank you.